Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Raise your hand if you think that this story is a real story, like it really happened. The parable of the Samaritan. Okay, all right. It's a parable. That means story. So it didn't really, really happen. But this is a good start. <laughs> I just found that out, man. I've been walking around for like 20 years thinking, yeah, this happened. This dude was real. <laughs> he got ganked on the side of the road, and this nice guy stopped and helped him. This, is, this has really happened. It's a story, but the story is super effective, uh, a lot like the Sermon on the Mountain stuff that Pastor Robbie has been talking about. Uh, we, we see a reflection of Jesus, and it's really powerful. So we're going to jump right in. You guys ready? Yeah. All right. They got it up there, hopefully. All right. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? That's what Jesus said. He replied, how do you read it or how do you interpret it? He answered, love the Lord God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength, and all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now that should have been the end of it, right? Should have stopped. But I love this guy. This guy's me. He's like, loophole. <laughs> Define a neighbor, right? Because I've already failed. Look, if it's be nice to your neighbor and you inherit the kingdom of God, I failed. I yelled to the one, I yelled at one on my right side, and I've yelled at the one on my left side. Our dog's got into a fight. I'm like, get your dog under control. You know? The other neighbor, his dog tried to bite my mom. Get your dog under control. It's a lot about dogs, but still, I had to go back and please, please forgive me. I'm sorry. So this is a good question. Who's your neighbor, right? Who's your neighbor? I love this because Jesus doesn't skip a beat. Let's go down. He says, he answered, Love the Lord God with all your soul and your heart. And then he answered him and he said, you have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. Right? Okay, how many of you guys love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind all the time every day? How many of you guys love your neighbor as yourself all the time? Amen, bro. We all do. We're all going to heaven. <laughs> nope. So this guy missed it. He just blows right by it, right? He's like, define neighbor. Who's your neighbor? Who's your neighbor? Because I do these things. Liar. This law guy? Mm. Uh, Spurgeon, was it Spurgeon, Dad? He said, wisdom is the right use of knowledge, right? So you can have knowledge, but fail in the application of it. This guy knew all about the law, but had no understanding of how to apply it to his own life. So Jesus goes, and he does the best thing he knows how to do, because he's dope at this stuff. He tells a parable, or a story. So let's get into this story. All right, y'all ready? Okay. But he wanted to justify himself. He says, who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied and said, a man was going down. Uh, from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he passed, he saw the man, and he passed by on the other side. So too the Levite. Those guys were 
Those are the worship leaders. Shame on them. Shame. Right, Andy? Shame on him. When he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins, gave them to the innkeeper, said, look after him. He said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Okay. Pretty straightforward. There's a priest in name only, right? Doesn't stop. There's a Levite. Doesn't stop. And then there's a Samaritan who helps this Jewish guy. Do you guys really, I'm going to help you understand something. Imagine the person that you hate the most. Normally, we don't say that from the pulpit, but we all know we got one. Mine's Mark Wahlberg because my wife thinks he's hot. Sorry, Marky Mark. If we ever meet, man, I got to hit you at least once. I mean, I know he's going to knock me out. Worth it. I'm just kidding. I love Marky Mark, but for real, kind of. <clears throat> so you got you to gotta get this picture in your mind. If I saw Marky Mark laying on the side of the road, I'm going to be like, you can die. <laughs> Take that enemy in your mind, right? Imagine that's the guy on the side of the road. And here, I'll, I'll show you some stuff. The Samaritans and the Jewish people did not get along at all. The Jews, after the return from Babylon, began to rebuild their temple. While Nehemiah was engaging in building the walls of Jerusalem, the Samaritans vigorously attempted to halt the undertaking. You can read that in Nehemiah 6, 1 through 14. I'm looking at my dad. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> the Samaritans built a temple for themselves on Mount Jerusalem. Is, is that right? All right. <laughs> Which the Samaritans instead, they designated that. They de designated it by Moses as the place where the nation should worship. Sambalat, the leader of the Samaritans, established his son-in-law, Manassas, as high priest. The idolatrous religion of the Samaritans thus became perpetuated. They also took in all the Jewish outcasts, outlaws. They didn't like each other at all. So, how does this message apply to us today? Right? In our nation, we've never been more divided. As people, we've never been more hate-filled. And it's true, right? Not just your neighbor, but there are people that hate each other. By the way, they just from the way they look, because they're different, they speak a different language, or maybe they're not in the same economic social standing. We need this today, and we need to hear it in this church because in this house, I have encountered, I get emails of how people love on each other, do stuff for each other, always reaching out. It's amazing church we're in. If you are a part of this church, give yourself a hand. There you go. You're awesome. So we need to take this out of the four walls. I really believe this. The Bible tells us that, really, here, before we get there, I honestly believe 
that to love each other and to forgive one another is the most powerful and wise thing a person can do because it's the application of the knowledge in practice, right? Okay. If you're taking notes, write that one down. That's a good one. That's a tweetable one. All right. John 13, 34 through 35 in the NIV. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Mm. Pastor Robbie preached the message. He said this, and he was talking to us about it in Matthew 5, start 43. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. This is, this is new stuff for back then. No one likes this. No one likes it today. I mean, I don't mind it being quiet in here. It's fine. I'm telling you to love the person that hates you. I'm sorry. Love the person who wounds you. Forgive the person who wounds you. Oh, gosh. It's not cool. And it's okay. Right now, every wife just needs to turn to her husband and say, I forgive you. Because we know it's our fault. We just don't want to say it. So who, who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? Everyone. That's what that means, law-giving guy. It's a good question. Well, then who is my neighbor? I don't think he really wanted that answer. I, didn't think he, I don't even think he thought Jesus would answer that way. Because that's insane. Everyone. And I told you how this would reflect Jesus Christ. I cannot love everyone. I can't. I'm a flawed human being. Who yells at his neighbors over his dogs? I just yelled at a ref last week because my son got elbowed in the eye during a basketball game. I was like, hey, buddy. I don't even know this guy. And he was the size of Bigfoot. He could have eaten me. I, I'm, I can't. I'm not able to do this one on my own. So... These are the principles that I know are designed by God. When God designs a truth or a principle, I am unable to do it. Look at somebody saying, I can't do it. I can't. I cannot. So how do, how do, I, how do I get around that, right? Do you have Jesus in your heart? Have you been forgiven? It points back to Jesus. I'm not enough, but you are. I can't do this, but you can. Come on. All right. So love your neighbor means love everyone. The Samaritan and the fallen man were enemies by the world standard. But Jesus doesn't ask anything of us that's based on worldly standards. That's the truth. He doesn't care if we are allowed to hate in our hearts. He made it very clear that we are to love one another. Let's go to Matthew 7. Yeah, but what if the guy that's fallen is a bad dude, right? He's a bad guy. Matthew 7, 3. 
Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no... <laughs> Sorry, I get a visual every time I read this. Every time. Why do you look at the sawdust in your brother's eye? Pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank? Okay, so in my mind, because it's fantastical, this is what I see. I see me trying to help someone with this speck, and I'm just whacking people. But this stuff, what? Oh, I'm sorry, man. It's my plank. I'm just uh, trying to help you. No, you're beating me to death. Have you had anyone ever stand in judgment over you and it just feels like they're beating you? That's a plank, bro. He's just whacking you with his. And you know what? I have a good friend of mine. He's an awesome guy. He often says when you're upset with something that you see in someone else, it's because you see it in yourself. That's all right. That's all right. It sucks. It's true. But it ain't nice. It's the truth. When we find ourselves at our most judgy, right, it's when we can't even see the plank sticking out of our eye that we're beating people with. So I love what the Bible says in the same scripture. He says, well, before you help your brother, Take the plank out of your eye. But I can't. I can't do that. So what do I do? Well, I guess I need to go to Jesus then. I'll be right back. What? Man, I can't speak to this yet. Why? Because I'm judgy. I need to go talk to Jesus. This is awesome, right? Okay. Is this good? You guys having a good time? All right. Point number two. The Samaritan, even though they were enemies, in this fictional story, was reflecting the heart of who Jesus was. And I'm going I'm to show you what it means, okay? Helping others is helping Christ, okay? All right. Jesus described that when we help those in need, like the Good Samaritan did, we actually are helping him. When we see someone in need, we are seeing brothers and sisters, that's what the scripture says, of Jesus, who who of us wouldn't help a family member of Jesus? Matthew 25, 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. For the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes to clothe you? I don't remember this. When did we see you sick and in prison and go visit? The king will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for the least of these, brothers and sisters of mine, you've done for me. It's as simple as that. There's no getting around it. There are some principles that are filled with so much Jesus that we can't deny him. This is one. My dad, one time I was with a pastor. I ain't going to say his name because that's rude. And I was with my dad. And I'm in the back seat. I'm a young guy. And there's this guy 
I'm sorry to tell you, I don't mean to. And there's this guy on the side of the road, same guy we see all the time, has a son, you know. My dad pulls out some money, gives him some money, right? The one guy says to my dad, you know he's just going to use it to drink or get drugs, right? And my dad's answer was so simple. He smiles, looks back at the guy and goes, no, I don't. I'm like, yeah, he does, he don't, and he keeps, and he does, and then at one point, invited the guy to his house to do some yard work. I love this guy. I've had this example my whole life. How do you know what someone's been through? The same way you're trying to judge someone else for what they're going through. Get the plank out of your eye, man. Hey, maybe the reason you're so scared to give them some money or even help them is because you know that your biggest fear is to be broke and destitute. You see yourself because you don't manage your money right. Or you don't manage your marriage right. Your wife's going to kick you out of the house, Ricky. (laughs) You don't pull your act together. And then fear creeps in. Oh, they're just going to use it for this. So they're just going to do this. How do you know? Be a blessing just to be a blessing. Right? Amen. I got 14 minutes. You guys hanging in there? First John 4, 19 through 21. Thank you, brother. So encouraging. We love because he loved first. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Forever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. It's not a choice. It's a command. (laughs) Right? This story is hard. And I I understand that in me telling this story and talking about it, that you're wondering where I am. I'm going to tell you. I am so far from the Good Samaritan that if it was a movie, like, and I was starring in it, it'd be like a Liam Neeson movie. You know what I'm saying? The Good Samaritan. Yes. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm, like, going to go find that priest. Bow, bow, bow. Right? <laughs> Just take everybody out who did him wrong. That's, that's part of my, you know, my brain. I told you it was weird in there. My buddy always says, if you want to go into my mind, you better bring backup. <laughs> it's a wreck. But I am. I'm super far away from where I believe I need to be. So I find something as I'm reading it. I'm like, God, how? Well, then, you know, I can say you need Jesus. I can say you need Jesus. And he said, just read a little bit more. I'm like, a little bit more. I've already read it quite a few times. He's like, no, 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 further down, right? I said, okay. So I go a little further down. And he says, go and do likewise. That's the last thing he says to this law guy. And this guy must have turned around and been so confused. Because he can't. He can't. He can't always. He must have thought, how do how, I'll sin. I know I will. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do this every time. I'm not going to help every time. I'm not going to say the right thing every time. I'm not going to be kind every time. 
I'm not going to be courteous every time. So I don't I'm so, I don't know what, it's almost like you just, you need him. It's like he's the only one. He can do it. He can do it through me. Right? So they leave. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted with all of the preparations that, he had, that she had to make. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And he said, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. What? Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I read it, and I was like, oh, I got it. We're trying to face a world where there is a lot of bitterness. There's a lot of hatred. But I truly believe that there are people who are chasing so hard after God, they don't even realize the literal trail of love that they're leaving behind. Jason Abernathy, you're leaving a trail of love, bro. Every time he picks up another addict, every time he walks someone else, puts their hand into the hand of God, it's a love, love, Jesus. The Bible tells us that he'll use the things that are low and maybe kind of Ricky-ish. It's my translation. Don't look, okay? I can't remember where it's at, so I'm just going to paraphrase, all right? To, conf to confound the world. God loves using. So if you're worried if you're broken, that's all right. It's okay. Because if you accepted Jesus, you have found the better thing. And it will not be taken away from you. So what are you saying, Rick? It kind of sounds like two different stories, right? No, it's not. Because in our, my anxiety and in my worry to do those things which I feel are right, I forget the only thing I need is to sit at his feet, hear his words, and talk. God, I, I'm angry. I know. But I don't know. Yeah. You know what would probably be wise right now, Rick? What? Don't yell at the neighbor because of his dog. Yes. Jesus' name. Spending time with Jesus will turn you in to a good Samaritan. And it won't be because you're good. The same scripture says, and he'll use those broken, messed up things because they don't have a horn to blow. Me and Jason, we can't stand up here. Guys like us, we can't stand up here and go, look at what we're doing. Because <laughs> we know where we came from. I've tried to burn the church down twice. I've almost blew myself up once. We'll talk about that later, but that was crazy. I've been down, and I've been out, and I've been worth nothing. But somebody came along, my family, my wife. They picked me up. They bandaged me. They helped me heal. 
and the debt that I owed. They said, no, it's all right. I love you. It's forgiven. It's taken care of. And it wouldn't have happened if they wouldn't have been so close to Jesus. I have studied it. I've watched them. Because I, I was for sure that they didn't like me, right? I've got people in my life. I'm like, you're really good to me. What's up? <laughs> right? You got that? You got that? Yeah, what do you want? And it wasn't nothing. But I watched their lives and how they gave. And how they gave. And how they just gave. And how they forgive. Oh, it's okay. But he did this to you. Yeah, yeah. And in their mind, I know what they're thinking. Yeah, but I've done way worse, bro. <laughs> I've hurt way worse. I've lied way worse. I've done that too. I want to tell you the beauty of the gospel. And the beauty of the gospel is that there is nothing you have to do but seek him, follow after him, and sit at his feet. And watch the turnaround. When you get up to go out into the world... It's, all this, it's like things become lighter. And here's a great principle. I, I know this works. I do it myself. When you feel life start to weigh you down. And you can stand. You can stand. I'm going to close. When you feel life begin to weigh you down and it gets heavy, right? Life's hard. Come on. Life's hard, man. And if it ain't hard, it will be. Right? Something's going to happen. Life's hard enough. And when you feel that weight of the world, or maybe it's a decision, or, or maybe you're worried about something, you're hoping God works it out, I want to challenge you to do something. And if I'm wrong, you can come back in in a couple of weeks, smack me square in the face. But it hasn't failed yet. And be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself when I tell you this. Listen, when you need someone to reach out to you, reach out to someone. The Bible is full of all of these promises that if we'll do the work, when I, come here, Tyler, Tanner, sorry. When I put my hand, I say, come on, bro. Come on, we got you. You're going to be fine. I got you. What do you need, right? God is behind me because I've been with him. And he said, you have chosen the better thing. And I feel him surround me. The presence of God lifts me. And my problems don't seem so big. And most of the time when I come back to him, they're gone. The thing, the doom I was worried about didn't even happen. Because he goes before us. He is behind us and he is with us. But only if we choose the better thing. Look at your neighbor and say, the better thing. The better thing. Have you chosen the better thing? Or are you so tired because you're working it? You're doing this all on your own. It's not enough. I mean, I know I'm saved, but I kind of left the better thing. Because I thought, now don't get mad at me, because I thought I was the greatest thing. 
thought I was enough. I thought I could do it. And now I'm trapped in this, this cycle of addiction to whatever it may be. My failures. I'm just, it's just not working. It's not working. I can't get it to work. And sometimes those goals are such good goals. We're trying hard towards a good goal, not an evil or corrupt one. I want to challenge you. Lean in to Jesus. And then reach out to someone else. Not on a, don't give me a check. Oh. My friend said, my friend said, oh, just pray for me. I was like, dude, I'm saved. Duh. I'm going to pray. That's what we do. We pray. But what can my hands do? What can my mouth do? What can my feet do? What do you need, bro? What do you need? Because if no one uses their hands or their mouth or their feet, then Christ cannot be ushered into the earth. You are carrying Jesus with you wherever you go. And when I'm gone, which I don't know, maybe I'll make Erica mad one final time and that's it. Or Robbie. No, I'm just kidding. When I'm gone, so, so what if they say, he gave money to the homeless. Okay. So what if they say, he was too nice. Okay. So what if they say, he just forgives everybody. You can call me a carpet. I don't care. I'm not afraid. It doesn't make me weak because I won't stand up to you and push you back. The only reason strong men don't need to push back because they know they're not weak. And they know you're broken. Why would I hurt something that's already busted what can I say that would hurt you so deeply and maybe that's what that person is even looking for they just want to they want you to stab at them hurt them I refuse and when I make a mistake I love the flip coin of that Jesus said forgive one another so be sweet to me when I'm wrong. And I'll be sweet to you. Like I tell my worship team, I will hurt your feelings. I will do something stupid. And 99% of that time, it is me. 99.9. And guess what? I'll apologize. Because I love you. Because you matter more than what you do. Do you have people in your life that matter more than what they are or do? They just add such value to you. Today, let's close our eyes. Today, if you need the better thing, you're tired of trying it on your own, I challenge, I challenge you. Come on. Try it for a month. Lift your hand now and say, all right. I'm going to give Jesus my life. If that's you, just lift your hand up in the air. Oh, praise God. I'm going to give him my life. I'm going to give 
this a shot. Try to prove me wrong. Because God is faithful and his word will not return void. You are saved. Let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, I believe that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. That you died for my sin and that you rose again. And since the Bible cannot lie, I am saved. I am saved. Come on, put your hands together. Today, with so many have chosen the better thing, maybe you just need to come back to the better thing real quick. Throw your hands up. I need to come back. Lord, I haven't been spending enough time with you. I haven't been talking to you about nothing. I'm just out in these streets making decisions. I ain't even checking in. And you just want to be like, I recommit my check-in, Jesus. I'm going to start talking with you a little bit more about these things. Father, we just thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're doing in this house. There's so much love and compassion in this place. God, let us remember to take it past these four walls and into these streets so that behind us is a trail of love that nobody can deny. And they won't be able to blow the horn for us. They'll blow it for you, God, because we weren't.